Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird term, isn't it? Like, I sometimes get mental health ambassador as well, which I don't really know what it means, but I think it just means I go online a lot and talk about my yeah. crises. Yeah, what is yeah what, what is the ambassador as a thing? I don't know. Go, yeah, well, I talk about mental health. I think it's something health. to do with Ferrero Rocher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see myself as an ambassador, or really an activist, but I suppose I do get angry about mental health issues, certain issues and things, and I like sort of raising awareness, so I suppose. Yeah. Protest low level, low level, yeah. You know, well, a, a low level, sit, you know, computer. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Matt yeah. Haig, author and low level yeah. activist. Between three thirty and four pm, I will do a little bit of your <laughs> activism. Yeah, I love that. No, but it is good, and I will. I, I can't lie, man. You've you have taken me out of moments when you feel a bit off center, off kilter, just in a moment, you mm. know. And then you read something, and it's like, ah, oh, yes. So thank you. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah, I've I've been I've I listened to your to the podcast you did with Fern. Um, yeah, and that was incredibly insightful. I suppose what I try and do is because like when I because I'm quite old now. I'm 43 years old. And when I no, nah, but feel old? it's the first time you properly have a crisis. You're way off that, aren't you? What are you like? 26. Yeah, exactly. I'm knackered, mate. <laughs> but I was 24 when I heard first time my crisis. This is like in the dark ages this is 1999 jesus i know but but just about had matrix cars. had just come out yeah Good film. <laughs> matrix yeah <laughs> matrix what else oh i don't know because i was having my um breakdown I, you know that was a long time ago and there wasn't much about people weren't really talking about mental health there wasn't social mm. media obviously there were some books but the books that were very very dense academic scary things which wouldn't necessarily um take you out of a bad place more like put you in it so I suppose when I started writing Reason to Stay Alive and started sort of talking about 
mental health. I was trying to just remember me at 24. Yeah, no, And just sort sure. of do it in a total conversational... You know, I was literally... Because like, I was literally... I was having a total meltdown in Ibiza and I was, I was suicidal. And mm. um, I constantly think of me during those sort of weeks and what would have actually... Helped you out. What words would have... You know, if there were any words that I could sort of put a message in a bottle back through time... And to the same extent, Notes on Another's Planet is a more almost an updated version. Yeah, it is. To yourself on a more everyday it, level. Yes, and it's a little bit less about me and more about what I think of, you know, 21st century society. And also placing mental health in the same context that we put physical health. Like, what I mean by that is we know that um, physical health has a context. We, what, whatever our sort of genetic disposition to something, lifestyle factors affect it, whether it's sleep, exercise, diet, whatever. Um, well, we don't do that so much with mental health and we yeah. don't understand things necessarily like social media or breaking news as a mental health issue. One thing I find most, um, of, most urgent about mental health and physical health is that the length of time that neglected physical health can have long-lasting damage on you, I think it's, it's spread out a lot yeah. further. Mm. I feel as though, like, if you break your leg, there's a set time. Whereas with, with mental health, I, re- I think there's some very healing moments, but the reason why it's so important to implement that and write books like what, what you're writing is because if you catch that early, you yeah. have toolkit for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Because mental health is kind of everything. Yeah, minds are kind of... Like, if you've got a bad back, you can normally or sometimes get yourself into a position where it'll be a bit less bad or you walk yeah. around a bit or you manage you, it you manage it and it's not essentially you you a bad back will be something you have it won't be something you are whereas with mental health it's our mind it's our thoughts it's it's 100 percent all consuming i think that's why depression is the one illness people willingly take their own lives because of because it's just literally everything uh, everything yeah. yeah and i think that's that's why it's it's about having that toolkit totally having that toolkit and I was someone who definitely did not have that toolkit I don't think I really don't think anyone well I think you have to embark consciously on quite a journey yes yes and that's why I mean when someone first falls ill especially if you fall ill the way I did because I was like that typical young man thing of not really being that in tune with my feelings and not acknowledging certainly not acknowledging to other people what I was feeling like but I think I had sort of low level depression low level anxiety few issues that I needed addressing and I wasn't addressing them so I'd gone off to a beef at a party drinking loads taking some drugs and um, not sleeping well and not living well and we'd had three summers of this and it was the last summer and actually I was in a relatively healthy patch I'd been for a run that morning no drugs, no alcohol, no cigarettes. And it was like 11 o'clock in the morning or something. And I just, a panic attack from nowhere. Oh. And it, you think of like a panic attack as like a 10 minute thing. You sort of breathe through a walkout. This just didn't end. I was just in this sort of total terror. Well, it didn't pass out or anything? Didn't pass. There was no level. I just thought my body is just going to combust. Because my heart oh. was like, it wasn't even that my heart was beating fast. It was beating hard, hard and fast. So it was like pounding. And... Um, a, a total brain sensations I thought I was going to die in the next sort of minute and then when I wasn't dying in the next minute I thought right well I'm definitely going mad because that was my only view of mental health was that you're either totally well or you're mad and there's no <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're either cooped or you totally up, well yeah no there's no totally well anyway but I mean like because like with physical health we understand that we're not in 100% full health but with mental health yeah 
we kind of have to blag it and pretend that we are or we blag it to ourselves and think yeah there's not a problem but, but we're always on a scale somewhere but because I've been ignoring that slow dip I've instantly do you, do you know where that, that would have come from aside of the immediate partying and stuff is there anything what where my grief or, or <sighs> there's no one thing and I think my the problem for me and the reason I became suicidal was because I didn't know what had got me into it, I didn't know how to get out of it. I think there was many, many things. I've really? Been, I, yeah, I think there's, you know, childhood things. I mean, I was, like, yeah, relatively, inverted commas, normal background. Um, you know, parents moved about a bit, but, you know, parents... See, you're, you already, already skipped over something quite big there. Parents moved about a bit. That's well, like quite a yes. Well, I was, one of these. But this is what I mean about 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 having awareness of that when we're younger. Yeah, being uprooted as a child. I know. Is yeah, a, is, a, is I a few times. <laughs> I'm always sort of wary of the parent stuff because, like, my parents aren't perfect, and my mum herself. I when I was, when I was when I was I didn't really know this until I was ill. But my mum was had postnatal depression oh. with me. So, but what she did after I recovered, which was quite an intense moment, she gave me access to. She used to keep these five-year diaries where she'd jot everything down. In a way, people don't really so much now in the sort of digital age. But So I went through, and I could see the same day over different years, so 1975, 1976, 1977, Whoa. and seeing and like the different trips to the doctors and how she was feeling what that day, and having to sort of like call my dad from work because she was um, struggling, and she... She totally loved me, but she just didn't feel like she was responsible oh, enough tough. and like that she wasn't able to cope and that, you know, something bad would happen to me because she couldn't cope. So I obviously can't remember any of that stuff. That's just sort of like she was out of it by the time I was sort of five, six, seven. I, I was like, went to this tiny, tiny, tiny little village school, which was like this little heavenly little family, basically, 28 people. Right. The whole school, infant through juniors, was 28 people. So you had two classes, infants and juniors. And then I went to quite a big, not that great, state comprehensive school. And I was automatically a misfit because I'd, I'd, I was a village kid who yeah. had this. And then we sort of in town. I did eventually make good friends and stuff. Differences now. If you're having a crap time at school now, it doesn't stop because you've then got social media and everything 24-7 whereas in, in back in the 80s 90s you'd have your crap day at school you'd go back and watch your Australian soap operas and eat your crisps and you'd sort of like at least have that space yeah. away How are you today? I struggle with this time of year. I want to be one of these people who says, oh, I love winter. You know, it's almost SAD. cool to me. SAD. Yeah, I've, I've got a bit of SAD. Mate, I've got it majorly. It's mm. the daylight. Yeah, it's light more than heat, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. And I, I really struggle with it. I, I want to find an escape in from January through to April. I can just LA? about cope. LA. Well, I've been thinking of California. But America at the moment, I don't know. It's, oh, it, oh no! It's, it's, it's never, like, uh, yeah, it's but the but yeah, Southern California. But then you've got earthquakes, haven't you? Up for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Australia, but then you got spiders. Actually, I'm all right with, with Australia now because I did some research. My anxiety it causes me to do a lot of Google searching. Yeah, and the like actual the deadliest. What's the deadliest animal in Australia? Black widow spider. It's a horse. It's a horse. Yes. 
you see you see pe- people are so scared of the spiders that don't actually kill you anymore because they have this sort of anti venom and stuff and mm-hmm. you've got snakes and you've got sharks and they don't actually kill that many people but a horse horses kill people I mean, when I say kill people, do you mean like they fell they're, off? They're riding. Whilst yeah. Horses? Yeah. Right, yeah. That, yeah you've you got, you got to specify that. <laughs> you know they I mean? don't creep into your room. Mate. Well, I don't know. You wake up in the middle of the night, it's just going. I'm, my mental health is so dependent on light. I, every house I've ever lived in, I, I Yeah, you need the big windows. I paint it white, have the big windows. We've got big sort of a, um, gla- glass as much as possible. I even put a hole in the wall just to keep it open, keep it light. Can, you, can we devise some plans on what to do when the day is gray and short? Um, what, what we, other than go to La La Land? Well, no, I think getting outside. I don't think people get outside enough, do they? Well, if it's really cold though. Yeah, well, I, we, I have a dog. Because then you have to, yeah. I just got a dog, and then you, you you've got. He a might save me out. from the SAD. He might get. He'll get you outside, and also there's a it's scientific evidence that dogs do actually calm you down. Oh, mate, they extend your life by ten years, apparently. Do they? I can believe it. But dogs um, are good therapy generally. Right. Okay. Um, but I am intrigued. Like I said, getting outside. I hear that. What are you like with Christmas? I'm okay. The problem with Christmas is it knocks the routine. So if you've been like, I have to be careful with alcohol and Christmas, obviously. I can go teetotal for a long patches of the year, but Christmas is so hard and food and everything. So I'm often like my wife's always sort of managing it. So I'm not in too much of a bad state on Christmas day. Cause <laughs> I really spoil everyone's fun. We've got kids and it's like you know I'm like basically the Scrooge of our house because I'm not because I like Scrooge but because I'm always in a sort of like non-talkative like little Eeyore sort of like grumping in the corner Eeyore you know from Winnie the Pooh what has been your your best period of mental well-being we've heard a little bit about what was your worst oh right yeah well you see I don't generally get through about two years without having some kind of blip so it's I can have a year where I've been like depressed or having anxiety twice but it'd still be a good year Mm. in a weird way this is the thing that people don't who haven't experienced mental illness don't necessarily understand is that you can have depression intermittently you can have anxiety intermittently and actually no immense happiness between them as you're recovering from them sometimes even while you've slightly got them and like I've known more happiness in my life since you know this side of 24 this side of breakdown and being ill than I ever did before. before and I you know because in the olden days I used to have to have the most sort of intense experiences to be happy the loudest music you know spiciest food everything had to be just full max to, to 11 I hear you <laughs> love that but actually um once you've been through something that intense and I, I literally when I had my breakdown I couldn't I physically couldn't drink for ages I couldn't do any of the stuff that I used to think was like so the good stuff and I had to learn that life itself Were you is bored? the good stuff. Um, yeah. I wasn't bored because I was, I was, anxiety doesn't make you bored. Bored, yeah. If you I'm, were trying to regulate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to regulate it. So, you know, going wild for me would be like eating a banana because yeah. I, I, I had this weird idea that bananas were bad for me. And I, because what your brain does, I know this sounds silly, but your brain makes an association. So if you have a panic attack on a day, you've done something, whether it's eating a banana. I mean, or, entirely. Yeah. You, you think, oh, I'm scared of bananas. I shouldn't do that. And you get into this avoidance thing of what you can do. Oh, supermarkets trigger panic attacks. I can't go into a supermarket. This and, mm. and so a lot of my life and energy was spent just trying my best to ignore things I was scared of and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. 
so I didn't, around it. Yeah, I didn't have proper 20s, really. So from 24 through to 30, I was the sort of nightmare boyfriend. Not in a sense that I was horrible to Andrea, but just I couldn't do stuff. Wow. And you guys have been with each other the whole time? We've been together since 19. What? Hmm. You know, in an so ideal sweet, world, we'd have sort of met later on in life, but life is what it is. And we, we're, it's nice actually to have someone that you sort of grow up with and who, you, especially if you go through some mental stuff and you can actually be your weird yeah. self. Well, it makes sense now, isn't it? Do you mm. know what I mean? That is literally an investment. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it pays off. You know, yeah. you, put, you put your time in. But yeah, it wasn't fun for her for a few years because mm. I'd gone from one extreme to the other. I was the person who never wanted to come home. I was like, oh, come on, it's only three o'clock. Let's just stay out. And then I was literally like, what, you're seriously considering going out for a drink? No, that's just wow. impossible. So I'd gone from like, yeah. Have you guys lived with each other as well? From, from yes, as well? since students, yeah. Wow, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, and we did the beefy years together. And so, yeah, we've been through really? all kinds of stuff. Overcoming noise of the world. Yeah, it's hard. There's a lot of noise. There is, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I, my big theory and what I write about in Notes on the Nervous Planet is that we're overloaded. You know, we never have to be bored again, ever. We can always listen to our favourite song, watch our favourite movie at any point in time or communicate with anyone we want to communicate with in the world. And mm. so we've got a new problem now. Our problem isn't a lack of choice. It's like we're sort of paralysed by information and um, we're paralysed by news. And, um, you know, people used to get news twice a day at most. Used to get your morning paper and your six o'clock news. And... Um, now we can have it every sort of 10 minutes on Twitter. We can sort of like look at Trump, what Trump's tweeting or what people are saying in Texas. Or Just in a suspended state of... Suspended state, of, yeah. It's a freak out. And in the 70s, they still managed to get rid of Nixon, just getting their news twice a day. And it seems like nothing changes. There's continual news, but we're sort of all paralysed by it. And it's not just news, it's everything. I'm like Netflix. I love Netflix. We're in a golden age of TV, obviously. But you can just sort of sit staring at Netflix, not knowing what to watch and sort of flicking. And then you're thinking, oh, okay, this is good, but there might be something better and maybe I'm watching the wrong that series. That I do, I, I've spoken about that before. I do, I feel like I miss the patience of it all. Mm. Patience is something I struggled with anyway. Yeah, we're losing so our attention yeah, so I've always had a short attention span. I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether one believes in the label of ADHD or whatever, but I definitely do process things differently. But I, I now miss the wait because you know, like if if you went to Blockbusters or Video mm. Box, you that film needs to be good. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you're spending three pound ninety five. Yeah, and you'll, you'll watch it, even when, you, when it's got the mediocre parts or whatever. You'll watch it, and sometimes it'll be worth being and patient. if it's bad, you're furious. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And you're like, I'll write a letter to the studio and be like, this is... So it's a, there's a passion to it. And if it's good, you're like, wow, and then you watch it again. But, um, but also, these things, and I don't want to sound like an old granddad, but it's changing how we live, and it's changing how we sleep. Even Netflix is changing how we sleep. I don't know if you know this, but the, the boss of Netflix is a guy called Reed Hastings, American guy, obviously. Mm. He recently said a few months ago that Netflix's main competitor isn't Amazon. It's not a streaming service. It's not a TV channel. Netflix's main competitor is sleep. Because if it can get us to sleep less... We'll be watching he that. said that. He said that. I can't handle that. 
he That's said terrifying. That. <laughs> I know. It's terrifying. But we are sleeping less than we were 50 years ago by about an hour or something a night. And the quality of sleep we're getting is worse because of our minds racing right, and blue TV, light. And yeah, screen in the room is, is, is a good... I have to be proud of myself. I, I've always, always... You don't have TV in your bed. Yeah, yeah. Since I became since since I moved into my own place, I, I, I made a rule because your your body. Do you know what the next level is? What? No phone in the room. I, I do that too. Oh, do you? And actually, Amazing. and You're actually, since since I've been slack with no phone in the room, mm-hmm. it is shocking what I do when I wake up. Like, <laughs> like literally, I have woken up over three times in the last week, and I have watched videos of magicians. What, you get out of bed and get your- I wake up at a good time. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna walk the dog. Mm -hmm. It's a vibe. And then half an hour goes because I have to watch these magicians. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I think that's mad. Because there's not, I, there's no, Matt, I have to explain to you, there's no, there's no reason for me watching this, this video. <laughs> like, no, but you enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching it, but I also would enjoy my day if I started it earlier. <laughs> so are these, are these like teaching you practical things, like how to do magic tricks? It's like on that Penn and Teller show, Fool Us. And okay. I just, you never know whether or not they're going to uh. fool them. <laughs> and it, was, it was the same thing it was the same thing I had a weird spell as well where I oh, couldn't dear. stop watching I couldn't stop watching online poker right it was weird so it's you like, weren't participating you were watching just, I was watching people playing mm. I just anyway the point is you're right I, I, what I'm trying to say is I yeah. feel as though the telly and the phone it's, it, it's, it, it exposes what the reality we live in which is that every, I feel like we're at a place now in 2018 when everything works mm. on a base level most things work. I don't, I haven't, I don't often go out in a day and go, oh man, that's really bugging me. And it's like, it's only when something else is presented. He's like, you have all the right limbs and then someone gives you like a third arm and then you're like, do I need that? And they're like, yeah, you do. And then the third arm starts doing loads of amazing stuff and you go like, ah, I yeah. miss that third arm if it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 so yes. I would never well, need to watch. And it's like poker. in your life. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's like in a, like a career, isn't it? Like whatever you get, that becomes the base oh, level of what you need. I can't do it. And it's like, I, I can remember like before, because I, I wanted to be a writer and I couldn't do much else because I was agoraphobic. Um, so I wanted to be a writer and it's I, good, I, good, I said to myself, I said to myself, I'll be happy forever if I just get one book 
published with my name on it. I'll be happy. That's, that's, an, that's a dream I've had and I've got nothing beyond that and that's fine. Right. And you get it, it lasts about a week and then it's on your on. brain on the next thing. And all you've done is raise the bar of what you need. I know, the expectation. To feel. But I think low expectation is the key to creative happiness and it's mm. so difficult. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, we have most of what we need, don't we? We have running water. We, we, most of us in the developed world are lucky enough to generally know where our next meal is coming from and where um, things like that are happening. We've got a bed for the night, we've got shelter and all of that, but we, we've still got our old sort of cave person anxious brains. That yeah, are, it's mad, isn't it? And that brings me on to my next question, which it. is self-care. So you do tweet a lot of these little bits and bobs, little ideas or things that keep you balanced. Yes, ironically, Twitter isn't one of those things. It's not, is it? <laughs> no, um, I'm a little bit better because I never actually, I don't neurotically check what people are responding to. So oh, social God, media self-care um, is my one area that I'm not great at because I'm quite addicted to it but I'm at least aware of my addiction and I'm sort of trying to use it in more mindful ways but yeah I mean self-care I have to do certain things in a day to stop myself getting ill so I have to do some form of exercise I have to not eat and drink certain things if I I don't drink alcohol on consecutive days um, I go through massive patches of months without drinking alcohol sometimes um yeah, getting fit. Yoga. I do yoga. Do you? It's great yeah. yoga. I, I started it actually not for anxiety, but for a bad back. But then I was realizing, oh, it's... It's like the key to everything. Yeah. Unless you do it once at a time, in which case it normally brings up a lot of buried anxiety. And, and yeah, of... I couldn't do it in public in a class. I couldn't go to a yoga I class. I one-on-one. No, I have YouTube. You do it via the YouTube? I'm just like, oh, yeah, I just do this. YouTube and um, then you know the internet's good for those I had a private instructor once very intense really I couldn't do that again one on one is a bit much because I'm a bit (laughs) I'm a bit self-conscious with yoga you were probably Uh, yeah I know I understand I've been in I've I've accidentally turned up in like intermediate classes before and quite frankly embarrassed well no actually I'm not going to say I embarrassed myself I could have felt it found it embarrassing yeah Um, whereas I'm I've only ever done one exercise class in my life and it wasn't a fun experience because you're just like competing with everyone else in the room no you could do it you You could do it hot pod yoga is good for that because it's everyone's self-conscious and you just get on with it Oh wait, everyone's sweating oh mate and there's no no one can be comfortable in hot pod yoga yeah I might do that it's really good yeah it would be good for me so yoga yoga absolutely the running yoga combination has been my sort of staple way because if I just do running even if I do if even if I stretch after it I tighten my body so like exercise obviously exercise is good for your mind as well as your body but if you're if you if it's tightening you up then it's bad for anxiety mm. so so I used to sort of struggle like, I used to sometimes do some weights and stuff at the gym and that had actually That's made me feel anxiety. it is but if you don't watch it and properly stretch afterwards uh, and then yeah, it all contracts because I keep a lot of anxiety in my chest so if it's sort of like really tightened up like yeah. the Hulk <laughs> exactly like the Hulk <laughs> <laughs> this year for World Mental Health Day we're doing something for a whole hour mm-hmm. um, which is an incentive with our leading partner charity partner which is YMCA okay. and it's it's just suggesting that people do put their phones down for an hour ironically yeah. promoted on 
<laughs> social media but yeah in keeping with no, the world I, I know all about this irony because i'm always sort of talking about the problems of social media or talking about my book which is about the problems of social media while i'm on social media yeah totally but yeah in that's that how, how so, we reach those people who need it exactly and the idea is we're just wanting that hour to happen and within that hour would you do something that's of benefit to the mind so you might have already mentioned it being yeah. running or yoga but with your whole hour what would you oh. do so it's nice to know, yeah. Listen to music. I, um, okay. my, my son is learning the piano and we, we sometimes do um, the piano together. There's a nice little learn the piano app called Piano Maestro. So that's always fun. Can't technically no. use the app on the phone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I oh, think yeah, you can pass that off. Okay, no, the piano. You can pass it off. So you'd say, you'd say ah, listening yes. to and playing music. Don't, yeah. Don't do it on my iPad, but yeah, that still defeats your <laughs> object. No. Um, no, okay, yes, go, go for a walk. If I'm really, so str- if I'm, if I'm really feeling anxiety coming on, just literally going for a walk, a walk with no point other than it's a walk. You know, mm. you're not walking to anywhere, and then just to sort of stare at the sea or the sky. I know this sounds really hippy dippy, but I'm, I think just looking at a clear night sky can actually have such therapeutic benefits because it just places you as this tiny, 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 small thing best. in space and time. You, yeah. And, um, you know, because mental illness and mental health problems literally by their nature wrap you up in yourself. And so anything that takes you out of yourself. And that's the problem, I think, with the phone. It's often a way of just being neurotic about yourself, about how popular you are, or who's got back to you, or who hasn't got back to you. And there's always someone who hasn't got back to you or someone who oh, said something that's not totally. right. Totally. I read some, I can't remember his name, but is an evolutionary psychologist. So basically a psychologist looking at the fact that we're essentially, we, our brains haven't changed for 30,000 years. So our brains were perfectly evolved and adapted to life 30,000 years ago. And in that time, during our whole life, we'd have known at most about 150 people. Mm-hmm. And we'd have come across 150 people that we'd have sort of known. Now you, you can know, in inverted commas, like, thousands yeah. of people and you're not supposed to no we're not made Matt, you're not supposed to that's you're the thing as well isn't right. it mad that like this is one i thought was crazy was i thought like you can go on your phone yeah and go on insta stories mm-hmm. and i can be awake on a wednesday morning and i can watch last night with a friend like a fr- two friends of mine have gone out last night with other friends and i wasn't yeah. there and you're so watching their fun. The, I've watched their past. Having better fun without you. I've watched their past and my present is now different. <laughs> I can't <laughs> handle that. Like it's gone. Yeah. I'm never going to go to what happened last night. And well, I shouldn't know that. No. I think we've like lost mystery. Absolutely. And if you're like, if you're on the bus going to your job in HR in Croydon and you're just, it's Tuesday and it's March and it's raining outside the bus window and you're looking at a model leaning against the palm tree in Bali. You know, it's not... To be fair, Friends is a bad example. Ultimately, I'm glad that my friends had a good night out. (laughs) (laughs) You're deeply, deeply... No, no, I'm using hypothetical situation. Yeah, but it is true. The fear of missing out is a real thing. Yeah, FOMO is a real thing. But the the stranger thing... The the stranger thing is strangers. That that is really the... And arguably strangers you don't... Yeah, or or strangers or celebrities you think you know, or, yeah, strangers you think you know... um, yeah, and, and it, it's that weird thing of people being very intimate and personal, yet you still don't know them. You're still a stranger. Yeah, well, it's you curated, know what they're having for breakfast, but... Yeah, it's curated. Yeah. 
and you're not seeing the bad bits. Generally, people are put, it, it, every post is their sort of press release of themselves, of their life. Yeah. And, you know, they become these little magazines of themselves, and we all do. And I think it's not just depressing for people watching that, it's depressing when you do it. Because even if you're posting something amazing and ecstatically happy, you're, you're still just typing and posting an update, and you might not be feeling that. And then people were saying, oh, well done, amazing, you know, all of that stuff. And it's not actually you. You're all, if you're, putting anything out there in terms of words or anything, it's one step removed between actual you. So it's a weird thing. We're in this current state where have 16 to 25-year-olds are the most connected generation there's ever been. And in survey after survey, they're also the loneliest generation that there's ever been. And there's this sort of paradox where mm. the more connections we have in life, the more sort of at a deep level lonely we are. So the idea that loneliness is being alone is sort of wrong for these times because we're all kind of feeling a bit like we're lacking that connection. Are you writing, are you planning on the next book? Um, I'm pl- yeah, definitely planning next books. I don't know what my next book about mental health will be. I definitely think there should be three and I definitely think I should end on a sort of like happy or at least optimistic notes because it because like reason stay lives just started very small and personal notes was sort of pointing out all the problems in society and i would like the last one to sort of be a bit utopian i might even call it utopia and just sort of like how we could be you know what would be good yeah to out. i don't know i feel like we i feel like there's a big there's a big uh, kind of like it's like a seesaw i think i feel as though the more technology that we're creating kind of extreme everything becomes in a world of like com- comfort and um, accessibility yeah there's also a real desire for to move away I feel there'll be like analog and digital might even become two separate camps of the world that's interesting you yeah know? because but I think people will want to choose an analog and actually life. it's for younger people because people you know like Older people, it's easy to sort of like say, "Oh, it's better in my day when we just sort of were bored and looked out of windows." But <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. It might have been better to have been a bit bored. But actually, it's a younger generation. It's the teenagers who are most, again, just going on survey stuff, who who, who show that they're most awareness of it as a mental yeah, health issue, and they want digital details. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All of that. Do you know, what I think would be a big shift is what? if they managed to prove that you only had a certain amount of memory a day. Well, I, I came up with the idea of psychograms, you know, because like we all understand that there's a, a, a kind of weight, a physical weight that we can't, even the toughest meathead guy knows there are some weights that he just physically couldn't lift. But then, then we all kind of pretend that we can carry any amount of emotional weight or psychological weight. Yeah. And, you know, if it was a psychogram of like 3,000, we'd say, oh no, we can't do that. Yeah, or you've reached the limit. Things. Yeah. <gasps> Mate, that's quite good. It's good even fictionally. And it could maybe become... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like just to get like people thinking interaction about that. And it goes... But how would you measure it? That's, that's the question. Because we know so little, really, about the science of the brain. I do think it I think like, Because like, that's what I mean about like social media. I love social media. And if social media had been around 20 years ago, it would have helped me in some ways because I'd have realised I wasn't the only person with a mental health problem or any of that. And you could find yeah, people... Great. ...have that echo... But like anything, it's about understanding balance, moderation, being mindful. Um, I think it's like ice cream. You don't want to tell people not to eat ice cream, but they'd understand if they just ate Ben and Jerry's for six hours on a Saturday and were just sitting there doing nothing. It would have, a, however f- fun it was at first, it would have a health consequence in the it's end. Future self, innit? 
Whereas we don't understand it as a mental health thing when we're just sort of scrolling on the toilet and just like, Ugh. Yeah, it's mystery. I really want to have a little bit of mystery back. Um, okay, so I have two questions that I want to ask you that seem ridiculous, maybe. Go to me, it. mainly. Um, because they're vague and it sounds like I might be chatting you up. Oh, no, that's fine. Maybe I am. <laughs> what is your favourite shape? My favourite shape? <laughs> And you know what? Quite I want to open this up a little bit as well. Maybe it doesn't have to be like kind of GCSE level maths or anything. It can be so. Are we talking like, like pentagons? <laughs> it could be like the White House. That's my favorite shape, motherfucker. <laughs> are you meaning like a shape, like a geometric I mean, shape? I mean, people have said triangles, whatever. But like, I've suddenly thought, wouldn't it be funny if you went cupboards? Mm. I think circle. Yeah, wicked. We win again because it is the, sh the shape, roughly, of our planet where we live and everything. It's, everything is a circle it's it? everything cycle of life mm. beginning and the end yeah lion king yeah, i am okay. whole that's the that's the thing that's the <laughs> whole brand so thank you for answering that i'll give you the money later all right what's your favorite color oh color at um, the moment i used to always say purple but that was just because of prince i just thought that did you just send me that telepathically um well i was definitely thinking at, at quite an intense level so it might have leaked out into right. the into the atmosphere um yeah i don't know about purple though purple can be a bit weird well it depends which level of purple I, I like purple or like lavender or yeah lavender. lilac <laughs> i like um I, you know, in everyday life, like if you're in a city, like for instance, I was recently in Edinburgh and Edinburgh's quite a grey city, beautiful city, but it's very grey. And then you can sometimes just look down a side street and you see the green of nature. Mm. So I think green is very calming, isn't it? Green and blue. It's positive. Mm, green. Grounding. Mm. Yeah, green's a great one. Yeah, green and blue. Well, turquoise is actually my favourite. Indigo is my favourite word for a colour. It just sounds nice, indigo. It does sound grey. Is it blue or purple though? It, it's indigo. It is itself. I heard something on a podcast once about the man who found mauve. <laughs> what? The man? <laughs> <laughs> like, he found the colour mauve. Wow. And then it was bought by the royal family? Have I, have I, just, oh, I just made that up. Is it the royal colour mauve? No? Whatever. All right, well, I thought, <laughs> my understanding yeah. was mauve is the royal colour, but he accidentally Mo I'm, I'm, I can't even picture mauve now. Like, well, how is mauve different to oh, lavender and purple? But yeah, anyway, yeah. But then it's hard thinking, to describe colours. But imagine if they found a new colour. Um, <laughs> so music, uh, another one of our, our, our incentives to do with the I Am Whole is um, we are integrating the campaign with music. We're doing a gig called Music for Mental Health, yes. which you're welcome to come to. By oh, way. lovely, amazing. Um, got a great lineup. Won't go into it now. But it's great. Um, we think it's in a really important part of it. You've actually already said in the, a whole hour that you would probably play or listen to music. Has there been any moments in your life where it has quite literally saved you or, or you've used it, utilised it to celebrate or your greatest memory other than Deep House at Pasha? Uh, well, it's weird. For a while, like I couldn't listen to electronic fast music because of Ibiza. <laughs> so it would literally, no, literally, it'd give me like a Vietnam flashback. My Ibiza flashback would be listening to like you know, if someone had accidentally switched Pete Tong on the radio, I'd be just sort of like, <laughs> sent, yeah, like sent oh to no, sent give me some water. yeah. So I had to, so I got into like really sort of gentle acoustic sort of stuff, like I don't know Neil Young or something, yeah. but um, or classic fm 
I just sort of like switch it on. And hey, so uh, just sort of not Mozart though, it's quite epic, Mozart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. But yeah, like Radio Free is like really unsettling classical music. <laughs> classic FM is sort of like more chill. But sort of slightly che- yeah. cheesier end of a classical music spectrum. Um I I yeah, I love music. I mean one of the weird things when I had my um social media detox for a month, which was quite a while ago, I need another one. But I had a month off social media and I was still using the internet, but you're using it in more in, in different ways. So you're finding out new music. I kind of discovered that I kinda of like country music. I don't mind country music. I like I like sort of cooler genres as well, but I, I got into, and not even not even like the cool country music, like Willie Nelson and um, Johnny Cash, but like really quite cheesy country music. And I don't know why. Like Taylor but Swift original music. Yeah, but you know, the sort of stuff that wouldn't even make it over here because it's just so, inverted commas, bad. But I if got someone, a friend, <laughs> you got a friend. We all hang out at the yeah. party. But, oh, friends, no, no, friends, no, not friends. that level, not that level. But some really oh. cheesy ones that are slightly like Hallmark cards as songs about life and sort of like, there's one called Don't Blink about how you just got to take every moment of your life. I don't like the ones about beer there and There is shit. quite a nice, there is quite... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't like ones about beer. He had a beer, I had a beer. We all drank beer, it was really fun. We and then we joined beer. the army. Yeah. And then, yeah. No, but they do, I've put country artists do seem to have this kind of very outward idea about like the blissful elements of life. Yeah. But no, it's like, because sometimes I think when you get older, you get slightly bored of songs just about making eye contact in a nightclub. Really? Is, you get bored of that? <laughs> occasionally, yeah. Occasionally. Yeah does get a bit boring but um no i like all kinds of music like um californian that sort of sort of harmonious californian sound Joni mitchell and things like that Uh mellow stuff and yeah all all kinds of things al green like a bit of al green he's still alive isn't he i miss that was a very lovely era back then there was a very very kind of like the strong, heartfelt metaphor and yeah, and, and like songs with a capital S. Oh, and they're just like loving each other and yeah. you know, like let's stay together. Amazing. Oh, just so simple, but like ah, I'm so in love. Like, it's just all right, Al. Tell me again. Anyway, I don't feel there's any Al Greens at the moment. Well, there might be a few Al Greens. But we just don't get to see him so much for some reason. No, like, uh, I think Frank Ocean had the sort of... Frank Ocean is a good shout. That's a fantastic shout. I can't lie to you. I'm Swim Deep about... was a song. Frank Ocean by Swim Deep. Oh, my God. I, I, I listened Swim to Swim Good. That. Swim Good. I'm a van, I can't to the ocean. <laughs> that one. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. He's one of the greatest writers of the last 20 years, I think. Yeah. I'm going to say 20. I'm going to say it. Yeah. What? But it feels rarer to discover new exciting things but not just in music in life so that's the challenge of getting old Jordan not that you know this yet but you you need to sort of like really keep looking for that fresh stuff Matt Haig thank you very much man keep looking for that fresh stuff that was the whole truth podcast hey kids keep looking for the fresh stuff and also check out modern contemporary country music peace catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.